Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell, your humble conspiracy theorist host. And uh, I am absolutely thrilled today because I have on the author of Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022, Mr. Edward Dowd. This is going to be a good one. His book has a foreword from RFK Jr. and an afterword by Gavin DeBecker. These are uh, what you call cutting-edge thinkers, <laughs> the, the, the highly banned people of the globe. This is uh, That's what Liberty Lockdown's here for, is to talk to people like that. So without further ado, Mr. Dowd, thank you for joining us. Clint, good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I've been very excited about this one. Um, well, let's start Let's start with the book. Uh, obviously, there's there's plenty of reason for you to have written it. Um, I think we'll, we'll get into some of the nitty gritty, but what, I mean, you went from basically money manager type guy to, to following this trail. How did that transpire? Well, you know, I've seen fraud my whole life and part of being a, an investment management person and an equity portfolio manager is stepping out of the way of the frauds. And, you know, during uh, the dot-com days, I was a tech analyst before I went to BlackRock, made a name for myself at the firm I was with, Independence Investments, by avoiding a lot of the dot-com blow-ups and some of the corporate frauds. Like, we were, we were not in Enron. We got out of WorldCom before that blew up. We got, I, got, I got us out of a lot of stuff. Uh, before it went kaplooey because, you know, fraud is is um, part of part, part of the game. Unfortunately, it's been with us for a long time, and it's, and a, it's it, a big part. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, look, the Federal Reserve System is, you know, uh, you know the the gig. They print they lower interest rates for too long, excesses build up in the system. The party lasts too long. The fraud ends up somewhere and. You know, in, in the in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s, it was corporate fraud. Then th then they they lowered interest rates again after taking the punch bowl away in the late uh, late '90s, and uh, then that thing bubbled into a real estate fraud. The problem with that one was it was fraud on banks' balance sheets that then the Federal Reserve had had to step in and buy. So then the fraud moved on to the Federal Reserve's balance sheet, and here we are, 12 years later. So you know, we were. I was speculating with everybody else in the financial industry, um, you know, how, you know, they solved the debt problem with more debt. Okay. That, that, that's the definition of insanity. But the, it, once you understand how the system works, it needs constant credit creation. It, it is a giant multi-generational Ponzi scheme and it needs constant growth. So uh, we knew this thing, we called it the, the, the sovereign debt bubble, the, the, you know, the everything bubble, what happened. We knew it had to end. And then when COVID came and I saw what the Federal Reserve did and some of the comments out of some of their president's mouths, I knew that, you know, I, I don't want to get into whether it was like released or who it was, a, it was a plan, but they used it definitely as an excuse to, right. paper, to paper over what was going to happen in 2019, which was a global growth slowdown. So they kicked the can down the road another two years. And here we are, and, and you know, the economy's falling apart, China's falling apart, Europe's falling apart. We're definitely going into a hard recession in Q1 and Q2. So, you know, when this all went down, I was just super suspicious. And then when the vaccine was introduced, um, I started hearing anecdotes and weird things with the athletes suddenly dying in 2021 that I, it wasn't just one, it was multiple. And then I had friends in my, you know, 2020, I didn't know anybody who died or no one in my friend group on Maui got COVID. So that was, just, you know, that was weird in and of itself. 
then 2021 rolls in and I start hearing like, oh, my uncle uh, had a heart attack. How old was he? Oh, he was, you know, 62. Okay, that's weird. And then, you know, a lot of uh, injuries and what have you. So I, I was suspicious and I didn't take the vaccine because I knew a couple things. Uh, it was experimental. It was a new technology. It wasn't actually a vaccine. And it was uh, developed under Operation Warp Speed. Anything Operation Warp Speed sounds like a disaster to me. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. And, and I also knew another thing because I was, a, you know, in, in uh, equity research, you know, I looked at healthcare stocks. I wasn't a healthcare analyst, but we had healthcare analysts working for us. And I knew that vaccines normally take seven to 10 years of safety data before they're released into the human population. This one was released after 28 days. So I was of the opinion, who the hell's going to take this thing? But I didn't realize there was going to be um, the, the kind of the uh, military grade psyop that was imposed on us, uh, the global coordination, and then the mandates. And that's when I, I lost my mind in the summer of 2021 with the mandates. That's when I, when I became super involved. So this has kind of become a passion of mine. I'm using my financial skill set and my nose for fraud to kind of dig into um you know unfortunately the, the bodies and and you know I, I hooked up with dr maloney came to maui and i told him i was going to look at the insurance company data and the uh, funeral home data so i started with that and now we're just looking at excess death data across the globe and the story is all the same basically everywhere there's a mix shift from from uh old to young in 2021 and 2022 and then in august uh, uh of this year gavin de becker who also lives on maui approached me um, he knew Dr. Malone and he, uh, I'd met him, uh, previously on the Island, uh, during the mandates and that kind of, or during, during kind of that formation of what we call loosely the resistance. And he pitched me the book. Uh, you know, he, he's written, he's an author. Uh, he's friends with, uh, Bobby Kennedy and Tony Lyons, and they pitched me the book and the book was, is basically, uh, a factual book demonstrating First of all, what, what we what we keep out of the book is the who and why. Uh, that can come later. But what we wanted to establish was it is true. It's happening. Uh, excess deaths are a phenomenon that started after 2021 and continuing to 22. It's mostly it's a lot. It's a lot of the young folks who mysteriously had their excess mortality rise in 21 and 22, not in 2020. And you know, we 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 uh, it's a it's a it's a book that's heavily illustrated with. Um, news stories of actual young athletes that suddenly died with QR codes. You can source the, the article, they're local articles, oh, generally wow. speaking. They never make it into the uh, the mainstream. So it's a 210 page book. It, so, it sounds like it's data heavy. I mean, it does have a lot of good data, but it's, it's not a, a cumbersome book. You can read it in about a day, but it's well sourced, well documented. It has a lot of stories. Um, I try to, you know, take I'm, I'm a numbers guy. So when you look at spreadsheets, they're just numbers. And we wanted to, you know, say these numbers represent people. And here are some of the people. And you can read the stories about these people in the prime of their lives dropping on the field. Okay. It's tragic. And then we get into the disabilities as well. But the book, the book is designed for not, you know, if you're uh, already of the opinion, the vaccine's doing what it's doing. It's a good book. You'll like it. But it's really designed for the family member that, you know, thinks we're all conspiracy theorists, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And, and, you know, look, I, in the book, I talk about uh, a little bit about my background and talk about my mindset. And, you know, I, I would 
call myself a stock conspiracy theorist. My job on Wall Street was to um, uncover uh, reality versus perception and find out something that the herd didn't know, right? Yeah. And I made, I made the mo- <laughs> you, know, you know how the game works. Yeah. That, that's how I make my money. And right. so if I find out a reality before the, per- the perception changes and I invest and get in front of everybody and then everybody figures out what, I'm, what I know, eventually I make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing with this issue is the same thing. The perception is it's safe and effective. The reality is quite different. And I was early to this. Well, the, I'm not the only one. The doctors figured this out before I did. They, so a lot of the doctors that have been uh, canceled and uh, censored have said that this thing should have ended in January, February of 21 when the VAERS signal went off, when it did. So if we were running in a normal world, this vaccination program would have ended in February of 2021, just like the swine flu uh, vaccine in the 70s after 25 deaths. So what happened? Well, we can get into that uh, a little bit, but you know, basically the regulatory agencies are captured. There's a lot of momentum build up. It's good old fashioned greed and corruption. And, you know, the book basically establishes that it's true. And, and then at this point, after you read the data that I present, I use uh, Insurance uh, Society of Actuary data, U.S. Uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics data, CDC data, um, Eurostat data, U.K. data. And, you know, I have a team of um, uh, Ph.D. physicists we started to hedge from, but we were working on the vaccine thing first. And these guys have developed methodology papers and how to calculate this stuff and we put it on a website called the humanity project on our firm uh, website which is financetechnologies.com phi nanstechnologies.com and we we have links to that in the book as well and you know this has been a team effort the book uh you know uh i wrote pretty quickly with a lot of data a lot of help from my friends um gavin debacker did a great job editing he also um, helped a lot with the construction of the book. So it's a team effort. And, yeah. you know, well, we wanted to get, go ahead. Yeah. Let me ask you a quick question. Cause you know, obviously my show's entitled Liberty Lockdown. I, I started it one month into lockdowns and, uh, because I was <clears throat> as a staunch libertarian, I was very concerned with the trajectory of things, but what kind of elevated my profile is that I was predicting many of the, the same things that you were, um, but I was doing it more based off of no data, but rather human nature and just understanding that there would be excess mortality from suicide and drug addiction and uh, poverty and loss of purpose and meaning in life. Like all these things that that are just naturally going to coincide with a lockdown when people are not accustomed to such a thing. Uh, what what were you able to do to differentiate you know, in the signal here as to what is a product of lockdowns in the excess mortality versus what is excess mortality that's coming strictly from the vaccines or can you differentiate? Well, you can't, obviously there's some suicides, some (coughs) drug overdoses for sure. But um, rather than getting, and and you've got to remember, you know, the the hospital data in the U.S. is corrupted, you know, who got, and we don't have the vaccine data. So it's hard to pinpoint it exactly. Right. But you can look you can look for smoking guns. And one of the biggest smoking guns we discovered in March of uh, 2022, my my uh, colleague Josh Sterling, who was a former uh, Wall Street insurance analyst at Sanford Bernstein, number one II ranked, worked there seven years. We, we were looking at the insurance company results and we saw disastrous results in Q4, Q3, Q4, Q1 of uh, the last uh, of 21 and 22. Right. And. 
the group life policy is a policy that's given to anybody who works for a Fortune 500 company or mid-sized company, and it's 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 a throwaway benefit. It's not a, it's not an individual life policy. You only get it while you're employed. It's usually one to two times your base salary. It's kind of a joke because you know you're 25, 30, 40. You're like, I'm not going to collect on this unless I get hit by a train, right? Sure. So these things they started exp uh, experiencing huge ex excess mortality. We looked at the CDC data. And, and they didn't break it down by age cohort. Um, so we did, and we found that the millennials, ages 25 through 44, into the third quarter of 2021, experienced a rise of around 30% more excess mortality and up to 84% into that temporal, you know, August, September, October timeframe. So it's a temporal change, rate of change like this. What happened that was different for that age group that isn't supposed to die excessively and went to a new all-time high in you know with miracle vaccines and lockdowns well over right what happened well there was mandates and an experimental vaccine uh, mass program so those are the two things that only change for that age group um i get i get all the time well ed you know suicides fentanyl and it, you know what you just said all those excuses and i go well that's curious this is a very uh you know extremely healthy part of our population you, you're telling me that in a three-month temporal time frame, there was a suicide pact amongst this uh, this group <laughs> of folks, or that they all decided in a three-month time frame to excessively use fentanyl and heroin, what have you. So that was just the millennial age group of off the CDC data. Then it got more interesting in August of this year when the Society of Actuaries put out uh, their annual survey of the group life policyholders, and again. This is a subset of the CDC data we presented in um, in March because it's this is a this is a, a group of people that have been proven from prior studies to be statistically more healthy than than um, the general population of the U.S. So the study, but done by this by Society of Actuaries in 2016, showed that they died at a, at a, a mortality rate of a third that of the general population in any given year. In 2021. In August, we found out that ages 25 through 64 had 40% excess mortality versus the general population, which is less healthy, of 32%. That relationship flipped. Hmm. What is the only thing that occurred again in 2021 versus prior years? Uh, mandates and hmm. mass vaccination program. And then it gets even more uh, disturbing when you go into the US disability data, which is a different subset, uh, different data set, I mean. Um, and when you break it down by uh, population, so you have the total civilian, you have the total population, then civilian labor force, then those who are employed. The employed, uh, which is about 100 million in the US, experienced a 26% uh, rate of increase in their disability rate versus 11% for the general US population. Again, they tend to be the healthiest amongst us. Yeah. And it was even worse for women. Women experienced 36% uh, rate of increase. And this is in, this is into September of 2022, and uh, and this all started around February, May, May of 21 timeframe. We noticed a three standard deviation uh, year over year rate of change, which in, on, you know on Wall Street is, is a big deal. Yeah. It signifies a trend change. And if you just look at the raw chart, it was kind of trending sideways and then took off up to the right at a 45 degree angle that continues today. So. The, the bottom line, and I say this in the book, it was detrimental to your health to be employed in 2021 and 2022. Okay, <laughs> so 
I mean, you know, so yeah, so did, were lockdowns not good? Absolutely. And your intuition was correct. Look at Sweden. Sweden's excess death is lower than ours uh, because they didn't have lockdowns. But curiously enough, um, their excess mortality is on the increase in 2022 over 2021 due to vaccines. Yeah. So if you're listening to my interview with Ed Dowd and you're thinking to yourself, whoa, I've been lied to a bunch. I better start to take care of my own healthcare decisions. I agree. Open enrollment is here. And that means that now is the time to take care of yourself and take charge of your healthcare decisions. We all know the system isn't working. We know it very well after speaking to Ed today. Thanks to CrowdHealth, you can do something about it. CrowdHealth puts your healthcare back in your hands. It cuts out the middleman, saves you money, and funds your healthcare costs without relying on big government or big insurance companies. You can see any doctor you want, no deductibles, exclusions, or co-pays. It's only $500 of any healthcare event. That's just the first one. And then the CrowdHealth community takes care of the rest. That is super reasonable, way more affordable than health insurance, and no exclusive doctor networks, no huge premiums or high deductibles, and no surprises. Pay one low monthly total to fund your account. Your monthly subscription helps to fund healthcare costs of the entire CrowdHealth community. And unlike insurance, there are no doctor networks, so you can see any doctor you want. Take charge of your healthcare today with CrowdHealth. Open enrollment is the only time you can hit eject on the broken system without penalty, so do not wait. And for a limited time, join for just $99 per month for your first six months when you use promo code LOCKDOWN at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com. Promo code LOCKDOWN. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. They, well, you know, that should no, not be happening. Yeah, no, I, I I assumed that it was both. You know, both yes. were probably drivers behind the excess mortality spikes. Um, uh, spikes, no pun intended, protein. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't really want to, you know, focus on this entirely um, for the entire interview, just simply because I, as you can probably guess, I am in your camp as to believing that you are correct, that this is creating excess mortality. I would like to get a, a little bit into the the who and the why. It, like, the reason I ask is because your, your lead into this conversation was that you were explaining kind of the, the, uh, the ever moving bubble in, in different frauds from, you know, the tech or the dot com bus to the real estate bus. What is this? Is are were you connecting that dot? Were, were you saying that like this was a big pharma central banking transition to a central bank digital currency? Like, what is this? Is that part of what you're saying is the transition of the fraud and the bubble? Or am I mis misunderstanding? So in the book, we don't go into that. But what we do say is the data that we see and present to you, our health authorities see and the global government see, and the US government sees it. So at this point, we're declaring it a cover-up, uh, malfeasance, negligence, and criminal activity. So forget about the who and why. Now, I'm, I'm about to speculate with you my sure. opinion. This is I leave that opinion out of the book because the book is designed not to assault someone's worldview, just to let them understand it's happening, it's true, it's real, and uh, if you keep taking this thing, you're probably gonna you know, increase your chances of getting disabled or, or dead uh, so that that's the that's the book. But my speculation is this: um, COVID has definitely been used. It's a conspiracy of interests. So COVID is definitely being used to usher in a control system to kind of manage a, a, a sovereign global debt collapse. And what better way to prevent riots and lockdowns? What what, what better way to introduce a central bank digital currency than getting people to comply to vaccine passports? 
you can only go to work. You know, it's the idea of introducing the, you know, you got to do this just to be employed. So it was this concept of control for a uh, system that is at the you know end days of, of working. Uh, the, you know, if you're going to have a sovereign debt collapse, you can't, you know, if you're a central banker or a politician, you can't take the blame. So wouldn't it be nice to blame something else other than yourself? And sure. this, that, I mean, it may, and, it's a cons- and think about all the people, the players, if you're pharma and they tap you and they say, hey, come up with a vaccine and uh, we're going to mandate it under the color of law, you're like, Oh, that's fabulous. Okay, so so they're they're on board, right? Well, and, and you course, and you have liability protection on top of it. Yeah, so you're exactly. Like, yes, so so they're like they're like sign me up. You have tech companies. Oh, you're gonna have to censor all the anti-vax stuff because um, we're because tr- it's gonna save lives. Well, well, why would we do that? That's a violation of the First Amendment. Well, we're gonna give you a lot of contractors of surveillance technologies. Okay, great, cool. We're on board, and then. And then you get the hospital systems on board by basically incentivizing them to uh, re- over-report COVID and what have you. And so you just, it's, it's not a bunch of maniacal, crazy people in a room smoking cigars saying we're going to depopulate the planet. It just, it was a, it was a control system that it, it had m- multiple players that could benefit from it. And sure enough, once the momentum built, they're all on board. Many, many of them have no idea what's good. A lot of these people took the vaccine themselves. They thought it was safe and they bought the, their own propaganda. I mean, <laughs> I mean, everyone seems to think that um, these guys all got saline solution. I mean, the, the, the number of times these, these clowns have gotten COVID is just stunning. They keep getting COVID, and then they, then they go, oh, even though they said it was safe and effective and prevented transmission in COVID, now, now their new story is, well, at least it would have been worse if I didn't get it. How do we know that? There's no peer-reviewed study. It, I mean, the whole thing is literally like tribalism, mass psychosis, um, greed, power, the usual suspects, in my humble opinion. Yeah, and it kind what? of all coalesced around the, the, it all goes back for me to the, the collapse of the financial system that's unfolding. And you need, a, you need a system. You need a system of control. Yeah. Well, I, I tend to agree with your, your baseline conclusion there. Uh, I've had Dr. Malone on the show, and we've talked about kind of the, the mass psychosis that, that it, uh, appears to have struck the, the globe. Um, I am curious, though, if you're saying there's not people, you know, with cigars in a in a back room that are making these decisions, but it would seem to me that if you're going to be funding the research that likely led to the creation of the virus, I mean, likely, we'll just leave it at that. Um, was it just capitalized on? You don't think that that was intentional? Because the it's so it's so easy to connect these dots to say like, okay, we have Fauci through NIH that's funding. Uh, what's it, EcoHealth Alliance that's doing the research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You have the the virus that almost certainly comes out of there, whether it's intentional or accidental. They then cover that up. The fact that they cover it up implies to me that they realize there was some wrongdoing there. Um, and then you have a completely novel response in that you lock down basically the global economy for a virus that ultimately isn't that lethal. Uh, there's all sorts of things here that just don't make sense. And then you mandate a vaccine that doesn't seem to work uh, and also causes probably as many uh, fatalities as it perhaps saves. It just, there seems like there's too many weird items for me not to think that this isn't more uh, concocted. Well, there could have been some nefarious stuff going on uh, with the NIH and China and they could have, you know, hatched a plan but the the people who got on board 
uh, weren't necessarily in the room, but saw the opportunity. I mean, I don't think, I don't think, uh, you know, Bezos and uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Tim Cook and uh, Zuckerberg were in, in in any room. I think they, I think they got the call. We'll give you, you know, you're gonna you're gonna play ball, and then we'll give you contracts on the other side. They're like, sounds good to me. I mean, yeah. you know, I tend to agree. Um, if you if you've been following the Twitter leaks, it's fairly evident that the FBI was not working so much in tandem with them as they were they were essentially running a psyop against the CEOs of Twitter themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. So so th- th- there could have been a plan hatched. Maybe we'll find out that uh, there was some you know some intelligence agencies involved with the you know the uh, the uh, CCP, uh, the CIA. Who knows? There could have been some create. I don't know. That's all speculation. But what I do know is. There's enough evidence to, to suggest that um, this this is being used to cover up a lot of fraud that's occurred over the last 12 years since uh, the, the great the great financial crisis because right. the fraud is everywhere now. I mean, our regulatory agencies are just they're, they're captured. Uh, no one goes to jail for anything anymore. This guy Sam Friedman from FTX. I mean, he's been arrested, but they arrested him so he couldn't testify. Everybody in front in of Congress, Congress yeah. Yeah, everybody in Congress got his fake money. You remember when Madoff uh, was exposed? If you got money from Madoff, you had to send it back because it went into the bankruptcy court. Is anybody asking for those campaign contributions right now? Oh, well, they, they have asked. And in fact, many of the Democrat uh, congressional members have said, we will not be returning it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they're above the law. So the problem we have, Clint, is we're, we're, we're kind of in like, a de- I call it deglobalization. Globalization has uh, reached its peak. It's now going the other way. We have demographic problems in China. They hit a wall, uh, coincidentally, in 2020. That's when their population growth peaked. Now it's reversing. Mm. And, you know, demographics are destiny. Uh, uh, Japan has issues. South Korea has issues. Um, China has issues. All of Southern Europe has issues. So we have like a debt problem in these countries with the population going the wrong way and it's going to implode. So it's going to cause chaos and havoc. And we, you know, we spent the last 30 years globalizing the world. It's all going to go local. And these people have been pilfering unbeknownst to us for a while. I do think, I I, I do, I do think what happened in Wuhan with NIH, this Dazic character and Fauci that needs to be looked at hard. Maybe they, were the uh, catalyst for all this that we just saw. Maybe it was part of a bigger plot. At that point, I'm just speculating. But what I can say is that it's being used as a convenient excuse for a, by a bunch of different power groups to take power uh, and and wealth and, right. and run the show. And and to do what they've always done. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I, and I, I agree with that assessment. And um, just to speculate a little bit further, um, you know, I, I tend to believe that we are at the end of the everything bubble. And as you've said, it is it is now at the sovereign and the central banking level. Um, it's quite clear that they want to transition to a central bank digital currency, you know, globally, really. And I think you're gonna have the, it's interesting to actually, I would like to d- dig a little bit deeper on what you said about we're going away from globalism because while I agree with you, we probably have reached peak globalism and we will become more localized. Uh, clearly some of the, power players, particularly at the highest level of levels of our government, uh, all of the young global leaders that come out of the World Economic Forum, they are all part of a more globalist push where they don't really care about their their people that are they're allegedly representing. Um, 
why is it that you believe that it is it is basically destined that we will become less globalist moving forward? So so there's two there's two forces going on here. So trend, everything goes in cycles, and and I can just see with my own eyes the awakening of lots of people after this COVID experiment, and so people are waking up. That's why they that's why there's this big push, and they've come out from the shadows. I mean they. It was a coming. COVID was the coming out party for the WEF and the Bond villains, Klaus Schwab and Harari, and mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, it, it's kind of comical. I didn't know who any of these people were until COVID, and they had a coming out party. Same. <laughs> and, and 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 why did they do that? Because now they're trying to sell it. They're trying to sell this nonsense, and there's a struggle between selling it and um, those who know what this means. The central bank digital currency, as said by somebody at the BI, I saw a video of a. A guy looking like Jabba the Hutt. Yes, the, yes. The Bank of, yeah, the Bank of International Settlements, basically saying with the central bank digital currency, they can control everything. And what does that mean to you and me? Well, let's say they've decided you've had enough meat for the month, and you go into the grocery store with your credit card that's linked to the central bank's, you know, digital currency. It's all linked up. So you you put in your credit card. And you buy your meat, and the, the register person says you can't buy meat. I have to. You have to send it back. Like you're just meat allotments up. Mm-hmm. This is a kind of insane. It's literally all you know. And then there'll be a so tied to a social credit score. They have to do this because globalism has peaked, and it's going to go the other way. So this is a last ditch attempt to take total control. Um, a lot of wealth has been created behind the scenes, and you didn't know what the system was. Now you know what the system is. It's it's kind of a fraudulent central banking system. Right. That's being laid bare. So they, they they need to replace it. They're trying to sell it, and the the it, it's a tough sell, in my humble opinion. But that's why I think we're go- that's why I think there's these twin uh, um, trends: Glo- peak globalism versus them taking it to the next level of globalism. And I think we're going to go more local because people people aren't having this. Well, and I sure hope you're my right. Personal opinion. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. No. I and and I tend to agree with you. I think that you know. There's a hell of a lot more of us than there are of them. So if they're if they're so good at psyoping us that we can actually go along with what what ultimately uh, amounts to a completely a complete devastation of our way of life, uh, I'll be surprised. But I, I was also surprised that people <laughs> accepted lockdowns and and forced uh, med- medication of of a substance that wasn't really well tested. So that I think that's the only reason for my my hesitancy in being optimistic. Is like wow. Uh, people really did go along with a lot of insanity and, and it was dictated from these many of the same people that we're talking about that are interested in in central bank digital currencies. Um, I do want to want to get a little bit into the economic side because I know that's that's your specialty, obviously, and you've used that that knowledge base to establish the connection for the excess mortality. Um, yeah, as, as we discussed pre-show, you know, I, I was also a money manager and I, I'm of the belief that we are we are at the end of the everything bubble. Um, first off, and I know this is the question that no money manager likes to be asked, but but when do you do you have any idea as to uh, like for me it, it appears that we have we have two forces here where it's essentially inflation versus the the people rising up and and they have to find a balance there, and I don't think that you can find a balance there because you, you're going to have to hike interest rates um, so aggressively to tamp down on inflation. That it'll ultimately create a, a real deflationary bust. Ultimately, it, well, I'm saying too much. What do you think? Well, no, I I agree with basically what you just outlined. So, my partners and I at Finance Technologies believe we're going to see um, stagflation, like periods of inflation and deflation. 
at the same time. Ultimately, what it boils down to is this. You're going to see deflation in financial assets, uh, some hard assets like commodities. Um, you're going to see not all commodities, but some commodities, real estate, uh, bonds as interest rates rise. And you're going to see inflation in stuff that you need, like food, um, a shelter, uh, if you're a renter. Um, and just you know, to, just to clarify briefly, you're you're saying real estate will drop because it's predicated on interest rates because it's well, such a leveraged and, and asset. It's, there's two things going on. I think I think renters are going to continue to get squeezed. Um, but but like you know, if you commercial real estate in these cities is 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 you know is is already plummeting. Yeah, I think I think high end residential real estate that's close to some of these states that have so it's kind of localized, but. Sure. It's going to be it's 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 confusing, but it's it's going to be both inflation and deflation in certain things, which tends to bode poorly for the common man. Right. Okay? Movies Plus wants to take Hollywood back to focusing on good storytelling instead of pushing agendas. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, it is nice. I've checked it out. Great programming, great original documentary series that I've already uh, got to take in myself. And goodness gracious. High quality stuff here, folks. Their first original series is called Q Sent Me. It's about the Q shaman and the real story of January 6th, and it is high quality stuff. Premiered on November 11th, and they have more originals coming out in the next couple of months that everyone in my audience is going to love. In addition to their originals and exclusives, they have thousands of titles on the platform from in indie films to classic Hollywood titles, all commercial free for $5.99 per month. My audience can use the promo code LIBERTY and get $5 off an annual subscription, which basically makes this free 99. Yeah, free 99, basically free. It's uh, it's very, very cheap. And it's actually putting more of the content into the world that you and I want to see. It's an opportunity to essentially invest in independent truth tellers. Do not miss it. MyMoviesPlus.com or search for Movies Plus in any app store or smart TV to watch on your favorite streaming device. Again, that's MyMoviesPlus.com, promo code LIBERTY, or search for Movies Plus in the app store. So, and and so it's already started. So, you know, stocks peaked out in January of uh, 2022. They're down 20%. Uh, we think that this most recent rally is kind of ended and we're going to go into the second leg of the stock um, fall. And that's going to coincide with the recession that we forecasted for Q1 and Q2, which is just absolutely baked into the cake. We have early uh, cycle indicators that have been falling off a cliff since January. They they, they went from like, we, we have like a um, an index, uh, we call it the expansion uh, index. And it, it, and it peaked out at 65% in December. Then in January, it was like, 55 and it's been going down now it's minus 90 percent. so we are just going mm -hmm. and it's it's just it's baked into the cake uh the, the, the interest rate hikes are usually there's usually a, a a nine to 12 month delay they started in february so by q2 it'll be a disaster yeah okay of next year yeah um and uh also we also followed m2 the money supply and that that M2 obviously went off the charts after the Fed did what they did in 2020 with COVID, up 65%. But guess what? M2 is now going sideways to down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that usually, uh, with the lag, uh, augurs a, a deflationary period of one to two years after that begins. So we're mm -hmm. looking at 20, late 23, 24 deflation. So inflation, deflation, 
So it's going to be like the 70s. It's it's going to be chaotic. Hell. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. And, you know, as a money manager, by the time the narrative is infl- like everyone says inflation, well, they're going to all position themselves wrong. And then it'll, and, the, the, and so there's going to be this like, you know, the money man, the, the money man, being a money manager that doesn't know what's going on is going to be very tough. And a lot of these money managers have no clue. Most of them are all jabbed up and think <laughs> the vaccine's great. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Oh, I no, mean, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, that that's a, I mean, it's a little disconcerting that you have essentially the same assessment that I've made because um, yes. I, I don't like having that assessment, but I, I think, I think you know, I think we're right. I, I think that's probably what we're looking at. Um, I mean, the, it's it's clear that they're going to try and transition to a central bank digital currency, probably via UBI, universal basic income, uh, when we're dealing in that deflationary period. And Correct. As, you, as you said, it's probably 2023, 2024, maybe, uh, I mean, right around election time. Is that is that kind of your expectation as to when they try and roll out the CBDC? Well, so when 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 uh, the world is when you when the headlines are coming that the world is ending and the, you know maybe there's another war front with Taiwan mm. or, or mm. something, when when we're at peak fear, peak chaos, that's when they introduce it and that'll be uh, you know put forth as the savior. So that's how that's how you implement these things into maximum fear and chaos. So right. what what's it? Uh, there's a Latin saying, "Out of order, out of chaos comes order." Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's a Latin phrase. I forget it at the moment. Yeah. But or, or pro- problem, reaction, solution. Yeah, I mean, this, this is this is classic Hegelian dialectic that's been used since Babylon to rule the peasants. This is yep. what they do. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, you know people like you are are certainly opening a lot of eyes and minds as to this stuff. Uh, I guess I, I would like to dig a little bit deeper into the to the vaccine question because you know uh, this is a very personal matter to me. Um, obviously, I was privy to the concerns about the efficacy and the safety of the vaccine very early on. My my stepfather, who was retired and just simply wanted to travel, and he knew that he wouldn't be able to go to Europe without it, um, got it against really his better you know understanding of of the concerns but he just wanted to travel, you know, cause he was retired and he's like, Hey, I'm going to die eventually anyway. So I'm gonna get this thing. Uh, and then he had a, he had a massive heart attack and he, and he nearly, nearly died. Um, fortunately he's still with us, but do you think that we're looking at a, a continuing rise in excess mortality? Cause a lot of people are concerned about that versus have we seen the worst of it already? Do you have so any two, idea? Yeah. Two things. So there's, there's initial sudden deaths, with proximate closeness to the vaccine right. and boosters. But there's also, um, we're starting to see that the, we don't know what the medium term and long term effects are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I do know this, that, you know, since that 84% spike in the, in the millennials excess death into the third quarter of 2021, it, it has come down. And as of Q2, according to Society of Actuary numbers, this group life population, millennials, was experiencing 23% excess mortality. So you're like, oh, that's good. Well, it's still that's still super high. Mm-hmm. A, 10%, a 10% excess mortality is once in a 200 year flood. So let's let's pretend that's still not good. But what I'm hearing from one of my um, uh, deep throats in the in the uh, insurance industry who has access to the not yet published third quarter uh, society of actuary numbers. The final numbers aren't in, but it's looking like it's going to be 30 to 35%. So that's what we call a reacceleration in money Shit. management. Yeah. And so, and the, dis, and the and and we're tracking the U.S. disabilities too. And the problem is it went to a new high 
in September of 22. It's come down a little bit in October and November, but the trend is still intact. Mm -hmm. So until the trend is broken, we can't wave the all clear. So um, I'm worried about that. Um, but, you know, I'm also kind of hopeful because something you talked about, you, I, I remember you said, you're, you, you know, you, you don't have as much hope as you would like. But what I think is if we can expose that this is going on, get, a, you know, a, a good part of the marginal minds that aren't COVIDian religious people about this, we can convert enough of the population to see they were just poisoned. That takes down a lot of the uh, other uh, pillars that this thing's, you know, you, you, the, once you open that mind to like, I just got screwed, they'll start looking at everything. Right. And I think, I think, the, you know, the vaccine was a bridge too far. I personally, let, 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 let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They, they sincerely tried to make something that worked. If, if, if that was the case, they screwed up badly. And sure. if they were actually trying to hurt us, it kills too quickly and leaves too close of a trail to the vaccine. So this is a disaster. You can't hide the bodies. You can't hide the disabilities. When I went to Senator Johnson uh, roundtable two weeks ago, you know, I said to him pr privately, this is a national security problem. This is these are big numbers. This is not these aren't small numbers, especially the disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, you know, conservatively, we've figured about one point two million employed people have been disabled. Good since Lord. since February of 21, it's probably closer to two. And uh, and 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 that's two percent of the hundred million. And yeah. you're wondering why we're having labor shortages. It, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it makes uh, people that's just going to be a me. massive drain on the economy and, yeah. and on the, the tax bases, too. Yes, it, it, it has economic implications for decades to come. So I'm hopeful it's kind of perverse, but like the more bodies that pile up and the more people disabled, the more hope I get, not, I mean, I'm sad, but I'm hopeful that this yes. is going to finally people wake up and, it, yeah. and you can't hide it anymore. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. And as I've said, I, I love that everyone's getting so red-pilled. I just wish it wasn't accompanied with so much pain. It's it's absolutely excruciating for some. And, and you know, many people aren't even going to survive this process. And, and that's tragic in its own right. Well, Edward Dowd, I really appreciate your work. It has been courageous. You have woken up... Uh, tens of thousands, if not significantly more. And I think, I think as your, your voice reaches more people, more people will start to, to really think about these things in a serious fashion. I mean, you're not, you're not a joker. Like you, you really understand uh, data analysis and, uh, and risk assessment and all these things. I do want to ask you one more question before we get out of here. Sure. Um, are they going to, to bail out like it seems to me that they would almost have to bail out the insurance industry, uh, you know, the medical industry. If there's if there's any way to pierce the shield of liability uh, with pharma, like you're talking about, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars in bailouts, uh, is is that kind of the the great reset? Is that they just let everyone fend for themselves and we just end up in this litigation morass for for decades? Like I, I really don't know how that plays out. Well, uh, there's been speculation that the government's going to by the silence of the health and the, the insurance companies. There, there's That's two, basically what I was hinting at. <laughs> yeah, there's two There's two um, industries within insurance. There's health insurers and, and, and life insurers. Hmm. Health insurers deal with the government and they get, you know, they have direct um, payments from the government through Medicare and Medicaid. Mm -hmm. So they're already captured. They're already in on it. They're hiding the data. The life insurance guys don't, they're a different industry. They're kind of a different industry because they don't deal with the government. 
They deal with individuals. They write policies with individuals. So they're the bag holders. So they, if unless the government comes to them and says, we're just going to give you money, which I haven't heard anything like that. They're still taking on losses. That would be interesting. And that would, that would get out. Um, there's no mechanism by which they can buy the life insur insurance CEO's silence. I will say this, though, that, that industry is slow to wake up. They're still in deep denial. A lot of them, you know, force mandated their employees. They bought into this nonsense. It's slowly wake. They're slowly waking up, but they're not they're not the, the quickest people on their feet. I mean, I'll tell you a, a quick actuary joke. A um, how do you tell the difference between a uh, extroverted and an introverted actuary? How? Um, the extroverted actuary will look at your shoes when talking to you instead of their own. <laughs> uh, the, 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 I, that was told to me by an actuary. You know. <laughs> well, they, they sound like libertarians to me. Very, very uh, on the spectrum. It sounds like. Well, I, yeah, I mean that's that's interesting, and I think you're you're right that a lot of people are are going to be hesitant um, to wake up simply because they went along with this and they they mandated it on their own people, and you know they probably weren't aware of the damages that it was causing, and now they're looking in the mirror, not just feeling probably moral doubts, but also liability doubts, like actually yes, financial exactly. doubts. So, let, let's, let's say you think it's the vaccine, you're a CEO. What's the first thing you do? Do you go out to the podium and say, stop this, this is madness? Or do you talk to your general counsel and your general counsel says, oh, rut row, we just vaccinated it. And then you, you, you start, that, that begins this sunk cost fallacy nonsense. Mm -hmm. um, even if the CEO gets to that point, I don't even think there are a lot of CEOs that are there, but you know, a lot of people are in the sunk cost fallacy and continuing to hang on uh, to the belief that there's no way that they could have been wrong. And so, you know, the four stages of grief, denial, anger, depression, acceptance. I think we're in denial. Anger hopefully comes soon. Yeah, well, I've been in the anger phase for about two years, so <laughs> I hope people catch up with me. <laughs> um, Edward Dowd, thank you so much for joining us. His book is Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Make sure you guys go pick that up. Is there anything else you'd like to leave my audience with? Um, yeah, just, you know, ha have hope and don't, don't be in fear. You're going to see a lot of headlines that are going to, like, mystify you, but Know that everything you see is a distraction from the root cause, central bankers and politicians. We're going to get to the other side of this. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a slow process. Keep your mental health, keep your mindset, keep your physical health, and just reach out to uh, like-minded individuals and start forming a community. That's what I've done. That's what yep. you're doing, Clint. And the more you talk to people like us and, your, and, and, and others, the less insane you feel. Because if, exactly you're, alone, right. if you're alone in New York, and you're surrounded by Looney Tunes. I get it. It's hard, but you know you'll find your community. Yeah. Well, final question is: uh, Are you a Bitcoin guy at all? I missed. I missed it. Now, uh, I think Bitcoin and crypto is here to stay. Um, I don't think it's going to fare well with other assets in the short term, but long term, it's going to be there. So, yeah. I, um, my partners and I, one of the, once we get the hedge fund up and rolling, and we're going to uh, a lot of the profits we make personally, we're going to roll into like. Um, things for humanity, like uh, the Humanity Project, Freedom Projects, political parties that align with us, and well, or uh, we're going to look into the central bank digital, an alternative to the central bank digital currency. My partners are very well versed in crypto. I'm not, but they've written papers on it, done presentations. So we're going to look at helping there too. We don't know yet. That's a that's a project out in the future. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, I 
Once again, we share the same assessment. Not surprising. I, I forgot uh, we didn't actually cover ESG. Uh, you said that you're you're very optimistic, and and because I've been very pessimistic about it, I'd like to end the show with you just explaining why why you think that we are we are winning that war. Well, so ESG is basically um, it's always been, from my point of view, a marketing gimmick gimmick to charge more fees for asset <laughs> managers. Okay, yeah, that's number one. So you get more fees for this nonsense because it you know, quote unquote takes more work. Well. It's also become uh, a sticking point for these large asset managers like BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street. And these ESG scores are determined by some group of people that are nameless and faceless. And it's it's kind of, it's not necessarily about um, saving the planet, it's about control. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming evident to a lot of people, especially um, uh, governors in different states that have the huge pension funds that these asset management firms uh, are working against their own people's interests. So they're mm -hmm. suing them, uh, pulling the pensions, and that's not a good long-term sustainable, sustainable business model. So to the extent that people become aware of what ESG is and start pulling their money out, uh, that, that's, you know, once that trend begins, it, 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 it doesn't take long or genius to figure it, it has to go the way of the dodo bird. Now, if they stick with it, there's another agenda at play uh, that we don't know about. But if I'm a businessman and people are pulling out, I would reassess why I'm doing ESG. Yeah, well, I mean, if the, the liability mounts, uh, maybe your relationship to the central bank starts to not look as appealing. I, I did have one final question because I, I have theorized this, but I don't actually know it for a fact. Do the biggest money managers on earth have access to the Fed window, like the discount window? Because I don't know no, that they do. No, no. So, so the, the Fed window, uh, I used to work at a, a Hong Kong Shanghai bank, which had a primary dealership. Uh, primary dealership is... Um, by which you are one of the uh, licensed um, right. dealers in, in 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 the treasury bond market, and those reside with the investment banks. Larry Fink and uh, you know, the head of Vanguard, uh, Vogel, whatever his name is, they don't they don't have anything because they're they're agents. They're 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 just agents of other people's money, and it's usually not levered money. Banking right. banking is levered money, so the investment banks have direct relationships with the Fed window. That money eventually leaks into the system, but it, Larry Fink can't call up uh, Powell and say, give me money. It just doesn't okay. work that way. Yeah. Well, that I appreciate the clarification because I have been misleading my audience in that regard because I just assumed it to be the case. But I um, because there's it, it's it's harder and harder to differentiate between you know the the banking versus the investment manager world. Um, but I, I, I appreciate the, the clarification there. Well, thank you so much, Edward Dowd. Uh, seriously, one of my favorite conversations I've had on this show. Um, is there any social media people can follow you on? Yeah, so I have uh, Getter, uh, at Edward Dowd, D-O-W-D. I'm still not back on Twitter. I got blown off Twitter in June. Maybe Elon will do something eventually. Um, well, he, he just brought back our buddy, uh, Dr. Malone. So hopefully you're next. Yeah. I have, I have two websites, financetechnologies.com, where you can find the Humanity Project, which has all the excess death studies. Um, that's PHI, NANCE technology. We, we substitute the F with PHI. And then uh, I have a personal website, theyliedpeopledie.com, that also has information about excess mortality. Love it. Well, uh, when you get that hedge fund up and running, let me know so I can invest, right? You got it. <laughs> Just want to continue to thank you guys for the support and for the five-star reviews you're leaving over on Apple Podcasts. We now have 510 over there. Incredible. 
Coot705 says, five stars, Nick Freitas. Just listened to this episode. Fantastic interview. One of the best I've listened to. Thank you. And thank you. Evan Stevoid gives me two stars and uh, does a whole bunch of nonsense about how I have to be in support of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And I'm not going to read it because fuck you. Uh, Ken Stoltzvus says, reality is Clint Russell's friend. I agree, Ken. Not sure what that means, but I think it is my friend. So I'm with it. T.O.P. Fan says five stars. Labia Lickdown. Great work. Keep it. Earl. I don't know what that means, uh, but I like Labia Lickdown. That's fun. So if you guys want to support the show and help with algos, that's a great and easy and free way to do it. If you want to do the financial route, you can see some of my exclusive interviews that I do with people like Anomaly, aka Legendary Energy himself, over on my locals. Go to libertylockdown.locals.com. Sign up to become a supporting member. We have over 50 people that are doing so. And once we get enough people doing so, I will stop doing ads entirely and just allow the community to keep this ball a rolling. By the way, me and my homies over on Tower Gang will be on Tim Pool, Timcast IRL, January 17th, 2023. Let's hope nuclear Armageddon doesn't come beforehand. The day after is fine, but just make sure that we get on Timcast first and then let the nukes fly. It's going to be fun. Do not miss that. And make sure you guys come out in droves in the chat to support us so that they know that there's actually some people that listen to us and find us humorous. And if you want to check out uh, Tower Gang, it is over on Odyssey. We do run it on YouTube, but the channel gets nuked all the time because we say totally crazy, insane shit. And uh, yeah, Odyssey is the better place. Rumble, Rockfin, you know, the, the alt platforms where we can actually take uh, take humor to the next level. Because you can't really do that if you're censoring yourself. That's just, just the reality of things. Anyways, I really appreciate you guys for all the support. Uh, it's going to be my second time over on TimCast, and I am extraordinarily excited. It's going to be so much fun. We don't know which members of Tower Gang are going to be on at this point. They're just saying two of us. I'm hoping for three. You never know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. Oh, my God. I'm going to sit I'm gonna sit in the same seat as Kanye West. Oh, life's so weird. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?